0: Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast, dedicated to modern sales and marketing, innovation, and leadership. Here's your host, Ian Altman. Hey, it's Ian Altman. I'm joined this week by Licky G. Licky is an expert when it comes to finding and overcoming your blind spots. We're gonna talk about the greatest misconception when it comes to blind spots, how to identify yours, and who to surround yourself with, and who to exclude from that group in identifying your blind spots, the most common blind spots, and then how you can specifically overcome those by asking some really insightful questions. I learned a ton, and I hope you will too. Here's my interview with Licky Lavji. Licky, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Ian. You bet. Bob Berg says good things about you, and at least half of them have to be true. Well, well, I'm
1: hoping at least half are, and Bob's an incredible fellow. You know, I, I owe my career shift and change to him, and we'll get into that.
0: That's nice. So can, can you share something surprising about you that our audience may not know?
1: Well, uh, you know, I asked my inner circle, how do I show up? And they said, pompous, <laughs> until you speak. So in other words, I just have to learn to smile a lot more when I walk into a room.
0: <laughs> I got it. Well, you know what? The good news is this is audio only, so we'll make sure that whatever picture we post, we'll have a smiling picture of you. There you go. That's perfect, um, and that'll 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 cover everybody there. So now I know there's a lot of work that you've been doing in the area of blind spots and people kind of finding their their limiting beliefs. What's the greatest misconception that people have when it comes to finding blind spots?
1: Well, you know, I use the analogy when we're driving and walking we are checking our blind spots on an ongoing basis because we don't want to get killed or hurt. But in life, we don't look for our blind spots on an ongoing basis. And we all may think we have blind spots, but the interesting part is others see them right away and we don't. So, so tell, me, tell me a little bit more about that. What do you mean? So others see them and we don't. What do you mean? Well, others can see our behaviors. Like, like I said, like about me being showing up as a pompous person, others saw it. I never saw that. And that was a big shift for me because I do a lot of networking events and I, I speak quite a bit. I don't want to be the first impression of people seeing me as pompous because that's sure. not the person I am. But others people see it right away because I dress well and I walk into this room and I'm quiet and I check out the room and not smiling. So that's a that's a small type of a blind spot. But, you know, there's, a, there's blind spots like uh, – I'm always trying to do things myself and not asking for help, for example. That's another blind spot, right? So there's a lot of things that other people see. So, you know, there's things that we know about ourselves. Things like, I know I can't fly. I know I'm not a doctor. Yep. But there's things that other people know about you that you don't know about yourself. And that's what we're trying to start. Looking for is how do you start finding those out, and are you open to that? Are you are you ready to listen to those things? Are you ready ready to listen to those feedback? Okay. Um. So so what are some of the most common blind
0: spots that you see businesses have that people in businesses face that they're
1: just oblivious to? Well, you know, um, Inc. Magazine has a top ten, but I've got a I've got my own top six that I work with. Okay. A lot of them, uh, the first one that starts off is with trust. A lot of people don't trust other people, yet they say they do. Okay. Because they don't trust themselves in the communication that they're doing. So without trust, you can't trust your team. And without trusting your team, you can't grow your team properly. So that's, that's the number one one I always get. The other one that's really common is not being present to listening. You know, interrupting others while they're talking and making it about yourselves. You know, a prime example would be, you know, you're talking to a friend and they're talking about the kid going to a university. and All of a sudden you jump in and say, yeah, yeah, my kid's going to this university as well. Yeah. Trying to make yourself feel better or look better and not being present to really listening what the other person is saying. Okay. So we got Um, trust, we got not being present. Afraid of speaking up. Um, So that one is, again, uh, it's very similar to afraid of leaders. So authority, people are a little concerned about authority and who the people are above them. Um, And then afraid of speaking up, they don't want to sound condescending or sound abrupt. So they don't speak up. They're very introverted, so they just stay quiet and listen. But they have so much to share. And so they're afraid of it. And that's a big concern for a lot of people. But they don't see that. They just feel that. That's okay. That's the way it should be. Yeah, that's the way they were brought up. Got it. Um, the other, the biggest one I get and is I can do it myself and I don't need any help. Yep. Because we don't want to look needy to other people.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, and that would be the the toddler blind spot. I do yeah. it all by
1: myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then the the biggest one that we get is uh, martyrism. You know um that's that's a tough word to use in this or in this context but you know um there i get called in in organizations and for example the ceo might say look i've sent out emails at four in the morning and nobody's responded back to me by eight o'clock what's going on well what he's trying to say is i've been up since four o'clock working how come you haven't yeah and that's not martyrism and when you have martyrism. People are having to live with that expectation, and they don't really want to, so they don't do it, and it actually has a negative effect to it, as sure. opposed to saying, you know what, I'm sending you this at four o'clock. I don't really care when you respond to it, but I'm awake. I just want it off my plate, sure. but not kind of say I've been up since four o'clock and I've only had two hours of sleep. That's real martyrism, and that doesn't go anywhere. Yep, get it. So, so taking back to and and I've I've written I
0: wrote down five, so I guess I missed one. Well. Always thinking your way is the right way. Oh, that's six. Okay. Yeah. So what if I said to my wife, well, my way is always the right way.
1: (laughs) She may not be your wife for too much longer. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) Well, Um, you know, we all – not not we all. There's times that people in leadership uh, roles – feel that they are right and they know it all. And they may, but we don't know it all. We, we're supposed to be as a team growing together. And when we allow others to speak up and provide their input and feedback, we all grow together as a team properly.
0: Yep. Well, so look at, looking at this list, the one that jumps out most to me is this idea of trust. And so I, I want to I touch on that one a little bit more and have you, have you elaborate on that. Because my guess is the people who, have, who don't trust other people tend to not engender trust also. Is that something that you see pretty common? Yeah. Um,
1: trust it comes to a real uh, key from the past. And it could be something that's happened to you that you're holding on to, not trusting others. And that just shows in every aspect of your life. Yeah. And, you know, um, for example, I'll share one of my stories. And um, when I was uh, three years old, my dad passed away. And when I was five, my grandfather passed away, who actually took wow. care of me after my dad passed away. Wow. And then when I was 16, my best friend passed away from a car accident. When I was 35, my, my favorite cousin passed away from a car accident. And I've always had a trust issue getting close to somebody. I always feel they're going to leave. They're going to, they're going to die. Or they're going to move away or they're going to just leave me alone. So I had a real hard time trusting and getting close to people. And then on the flip side of that, when my daughter was three years old, we we had gone on a road trip and we got out of the subway and she runs out in the middle of the road and almost gets hit by a car. And I ran after her and I picked her up, and I said to her, I said, I'm never letting you go. But well, that never letting you go was a protective, protective mechanism, but it shows up as I don't trust you. Yeah. Because as she grew up, I was hovering over her, not letting her do anything because I didn't trust others. I trusted her, but I was afraid of her being hurt. Yep. You know what? I've got, I've
0: got, a, I've got a daughter who's a junior in college who's traveling, studying abroad for an entire year in, you know, in, in third world countries. And that's like part of her studies and what she wants to do. And it takes a lot, a great deal of trust. And, um, and I believe I have twice the amount of gray hair I had when she started this adventure.
1: Yeah, exactly. But this, that lack of trust that I built from the early days played into my role as a leader because I didn't trust my teammates, and that caused grief within our organization because they were doing the best that they possibly could, but they could feel that I didn't trust them. Yep. And we had a revolving door. So Six. when I realized that, that's when our organization shifted and we grew exponentially.
0: Yep. So so how do how do people uncover and find these blind spots? I mean, by by its very name, a blind spot is something that you can't see. So for example, if if I'm driving in a car, the blind spot is the blind spot. There are things I have to do to see those things that are hidden. Yep. So what what's the formula? What's the process that people should follow in order to uncover those blind spots? Because it's easy to say, well, other people can see them. Yep. But my guess is the number one issue that people have with blind spots is
1: denial. Well, denial or not knowing. Yep. To even look for a blind spot. Like- when we're driving, we were trained. We've been trained to look for it because if we don't, we get hit. Yep. But in life, when we don't look for our blind spots, we don't really get physically hit, but we do get hurt. But sure. we don't recognize where that hurt's coming from. Yep. So uh, our formula is really simple. You know, get a group of inner circle. Now, caveat number one, your inner circle shouldn't include your partner. Okay? Okay. If- If you have a partner and you're asking them some specific personal questions, they're coming from a different perspective than what you really want answers as. So leave your husband, spouse, wife out of this inner circle when it comes to asking for feedback. So get an inner circle, ask specifically for feedback, and be open to it. Have the the conversation saying, look, I want to learn what I don't know about myself and this is a, a hall pass, and you can say whatever you like, and I'm going to sit here and listen to it. And you can't um, sit there and justify why you are that way. You can ask clarifying questions, but be open to listening and allowing that trust, again, to just to build between you and your inner circle so they can actually openly tell you what, how you show up, for example. So some questions that I'd, I'd say is like, how do, I, how do I show up when I walk into a room? Do I control my emotions? Do I inspire or motivate others? What do I always do or say that bothers you? So these are sample questions that you would ask in inner circle, and you can sit there and you can learn and listen, and you'll get a lot of feedback from that conversation, and you'll realize, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, then there's um, things like, are you always worrying about somebody or are you supporting them? Because we always worry about our kids and our spouses, but are we worrying to the point where they feel that we don't trust them or are we there to support them so they can grow? Totally different conversation when it comes to that. And if we ask our inner circle, do I always come across as a worry word or do I come across as an inspiring motivator that's a great way of understanding what what the future looks like for you
0: yeah and and i imagine that sometimes someone's own blind spot can
1: affect how they perceive other people oh definitely if you don't trust others you're not trusting yourself i mean you're not trusting anybody else around you as well yeah yeah i know that um in this in this case our, our daughter was traveling i said
0: hey do, do you know here's just a few things I was thinking about. Have you thought about A, B, and C? And she says, you know, Ted, you're, you're just, you're, you're piling on on this stuff. I said, sweetie, I'm just asking, have you done them? I'm assuming the answer is yes. I just, you're leaving in a day. I just want to make sure that you had thought of these things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's the, the way it comes across to her is that you don't trust me, you don't believe in yeah. me, whereas you're just trying to help, right? So we're very similar. Like, you know, uh, my kids will always say, why are you always telling me what to do? And when I really figured out who I was as a person, I started doing some uh figuring out what my, my purpose and passion was. And it's it's really simple. I'm out here to help other people break their barriers. So my conversations were always always around breaking barriers as opposed to telling people what to do. But when my kids told me, why are you always telling me what to do? I had to shift my language to breaking barriers opposed to telling them what to do. Yep. A totally different conversation. But that was a blind spot. I had to I, I was open to listening for. yeah. So, so let's go back to the, the, the question. How do you find out your blind spots? First is feedback. The yep. next is, what are some of your common patterns that you have? So things like, what conversations do I generally avoid? You know, uh, like money conversations or past relationships. Do I judge people? What makes me happy? How do I react when somebody cuts me off traffic? So those are some of the patterns you should be asking yourself. And if we start, then you start looking at you know um, blind spots. They're, our minds were like a little piggy bank when as we were young, right? And our actions and behaviors when we got older were congruent to that piggy bank, to those experiences that we had from the young days. But what were some of the triggers around that? So if you start thinking about what were some of my first bad memories, first some of my first good memories, what impacts are you making in life? What are you out to achieve? So these are some of the triggers that you can ask yourselves and you can start really filtering. Okay. If I, my first memory was this, how has that affected what I have? You know, prime example is when a kid's growing up, you know, the parents say, Oh, you're so smart. You're so cute. You're going to be like a doctor. And the kid's only four years old, has no clue what a doctor is, but now they have to grow up to be a doctor because that's what the parents started ingraining in them from the age of four. Yeah. And that happens a lot, right? We sure. we influence our kids' actions all the time. Not meaning to, but that's what we do. And sure. the kids are just sponging that up. And now when they grow up, oh, I have to be a doctor. That's what, I, what I've been trained to do. Then they go into medicine. It turns out they hate it, but
0: they, they kind of they ended up there. So when it comes to, let's say, business development, people who are trying to grow a business – what are some of the blind spots or, or self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of people who want to be successful in business growth, in leading an organization, in sales? Yes,
1: yeah, so that's a great question, and this is how this conversation of mine started off. Um, you know, I do I do a lot of sales training and business strategies conversations, but after I would finished those conversations, nothing would really move ahead with the, with the organizations. So I went in back and asked, "What's go- what's going on?" Like things like you've got to make some cold calls or ask for referrals and they wouldn't do that. And we gave them a really good way of doing it. I'm not a script writer at all, but there's a method around asking for referrals and Bob Berg does a really good job. With his endless referral workshops. Right. Sure. So we started working with that, but they just still wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do that hard conversation about asking for that referral. So there were, what I found is there's a lot of limiting beliefs in people's ways. That's getting them, stopping them, to achieving to be the salesperson that they want to be. Yep. Looking needy, maybe looking uh, desperate for a sale when they feel that they're just asking for a referral. But if you put that aside, you just want to help others with what you have to offer. Sure. But you don't think of it that way because you feel that you're acting, you're you're being very needy. Yeah. So then, so then people,
0: so one of the, one of the limiting beliefs could be, well, I don't want to come across as any needy. So
1: instead I'm just not going to call anybody. Exactly. And if you feel that you're being needy, when you make that phone call, you are being needy. Yeah. It's showing in your language.
0: So we got to work it. through that. Well, now and, and, and you were telling me about a, um, a blind spot that you had and how you overcame it, came it that I, I
1: just found fascinating. So can you share that with our audience? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. You know, um, when I was 10 years old, I immigrated to Canada. And my teacher had asked me at that point to get in front of the class and share my journey of the immigration process. And I got up and, you know, my English wasn't uh, the best at that point. I could speak it, but articulating words was very difficult. And I got in front of the class. This is back in 1976. Keep that in mind. And I started talking and I was excited because there was snow and I was in Ottawa. And the kids started to laugh. And one kid said, go back to where he came from. And I kept on talking because at 10 years old, you don't think much of it, but the kids started to laugh more and more kids started yelling, go back to where you came from. And I got upset about that. I got hurt. I sat down in my chair in tears. And then that lack of articulation of words turned into a stutter at the age of 10 up until seven years ago. Wow. Now I held on to don't, or I held on to the words like "go back where you came from," because it created a limiting belief for myself that you're not good enough. And when I was speaking with strangers, my stutter would come up. Now I'm hoping right now I don't have a stutter. I don't think I've stuttered yet. I do once in a while. I think I think all of us do, all of us do once in a while. But you know you're you're fairly easy to talk to, so I'm not having an issue here. So you know, uh, but fast forward till seven years ago. I'm sitting in this workshop with Bob Berg and we get into this thing called law of receiving. And it's a receiving exercise where, you know, 10 of us were there. And so each of us had a turn. So I, I, my turn was to stand up and Bob would acknowledge me for my traits and appreciate me. And Kathy would do the same thing. And then the other people around the table would do the same thing. By the fourth or fifth person, I'm in tears. I'm like breaking down. And Bob's going, what's going on here? And I'm going, well, I've never heard these words like you're so kind, you're gentle, you're trustworthy. And he's going, really, you've never heard these words? And I'm saying, well, okay, well, I think people have said them to me, but I really haven't listened to it. Yeah. So I never learned how to receive the good because I was so caught up on how bad I was as a person, how what my limiting beliefs were, but hearing those words of kind, gentle, trustworthy, loving, and not a single, go back to where you came from.
0: Well, that was going to be next, but you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be aligned with Bob's brand.
1: No, it really wouldn't. <laughs> and when I got on the flight the next morning, the passenger next to me and I started talking and I quickly realized that that conversation was stutter free. And that really opened up a whole new world for me, that learning to receive of everything that comes your way, good or bad, you have
0: to hear the words. You know, and I think it's, a, I think it's such a powerful message about feedback also, which is very often we rush with people who work for us, with our, our kids, whatever, we focus on what they didn't do right. And we don't take the time to say, and here's what I think you did great on and here's what I really appreciate you doing. And, you know, it could be an employee, you say, look, I appreciate that you're diligent, that you come in every day, that you work hard at this stuff, but here's a, here are the one or two things that I think together we can work on, as opposed to, you need to work on these two things and forgetting about the rest.
1: Yeah, for sure. And learning to receive will shift your mind. And once you can hear the words people are saying and really, really listen to the words, because one thing I realized and I learned is people don't say anything that they don't mean. Now, if they're complimenting you, they mean it. They have yeah. no other ulterior motive. So listen to it as a compliment and take it in. Yep. Yeah. We have a hard time with that. We have a hard time receiving good. Yep. Yeah. Some of us are okay receiving criticism, but we have a real hard time being complimented.
0: Yeah. You know what? I, there's a, um, there's a friend of mine who for the longest time would, would pay me a compliment and I would always respond with something joking. And he said, just say, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and, and, it, and it took a while to get to that point. Yeah. And it's funny because I've got a couple of friends who are really great at receiving compliments. And when you come and it actually feels good because they say, Oh, thank you. As opposed to, you know, it's almost like people feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't be allowed to accept that compliment. I think right. it's I think it's valuable insight. And hey, Licky, what's the best way for people to learn more about what
1: you're doing and to connect with you? You know, uh, reach out to me at uh, you know success at dot com. Okay. Uh, our website lickylabg com. Um, we do workshops. We do keynotes. And I have um, uh, an ebook that we can send out about some of these questions that you know the feedback, the patterns, and the triggers. That's and great. You started off, but you know the. The first thing I will say to people is just accept that you have blind spots and start looking for them and asking people. That's your first step of realizing, okay, this is a different way of thinking. This is that whole EQ, self-awareness comes into play. Sure. Well, you know what? You've certainly got me
0: thinking, and I'm sure you've got our audience thinking also. And so I just, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom. And I think there's going to be a whole lot of people much more aware of their blind spots today than they were an hour ago. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Let me give you a quick 30 second recap of the key information you can use from today's episode. First, we're used to checking our blind spot when we drive, just not everywhere else in life. So surround yourself with an inner circle who can help see our blind spots that maybe we're missing. Remember, the most common ones, trust, not being present, afraid to speak up, or challenge authority, I can do it myself, martyrism, or I'm always right, are really inhibitors. And when you want to overcome those blind spots, ask questions like, how do I show up? What do I always do or say that bothers others? What conversations do I tend to avoid? And what makes me happy? And finally, be open to receiving feedback, both positive and negative. Remember, this show gets the direction from you, the listener. there's a topic you think I should cover or a guest I should have in the program, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customers.